Why do you keep it going? Yeah, I just want to start off with a couple uh, couple things about who's going to not practice today. Obviously, Randy Gregory will not practice today. He's in COVID protocol. Nashawn Wright is attending a uh, personal personal matter, and um, Donovan Wilson will not practice uh, groin. Questions, please, or David. So you haven't avoided no one else has gone on the COVID list since Randy has. You're clear on that front, so that's a correct. Yeah. For Wilson, that growing, that aggravation of what he suffered for you. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, so um, just not where we thought it would be or hoped it to be today. So uh, just being smart with him. Jerry, Played a lot of football Thursday too. I mean, it's. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, yesterday on the radio said that the plan is to go with Steele as your right tackle. Is that how you guys are looking at it? Well, I'll just say this about the right tackle. We'll work all the combinations that we've been working to this point. Uh, I mean, the obvious is LC uh, will not be there, uh, but so we'll sort it out there at the end of the week. And there's Zach is not one of the combinations you're looking at there. We'll, we'll just sort it out at the end of the week. Yeah. So you're working through combinations. It's not Terrence still that's a full go at right tackle. He's part of the, one of the options, definitely. But you're not doing snaps exclusively with one guy. You're still spreading the first-team snaps around. I always thought you only had to avoid the question two, <laughs> two or three times. I didn't think it went to, I think it went to four. This is a new record. Hey, I appreciate it. I'm all about setting records. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there a is there hope for Ryan Gregor that he could play Sunday, or where you at with that situation? I mean, if you look at the history, uh, you know, it's it's been ten days for for pretty much. You know everybody that we've dealt with in, in the COVID protocol. So, um, but we'll just we'll just see how see how it goes. How's that Martin Philly coming back from COVID? Uh, looks good, feels good. We're you know we'll start him off um, with the individual and just just keep an eye on him today. But I mean he's in the full go category. We talked to you oh, Friday, I guess it was, um, about Zeke and the running game and. Um, why that game was unique and things. How important is it to, even if there are heavy boxes, to still run it and show you can still have success when you're running against those kind of looks? I mean, really, I think it comes down to what's the definition of balance. And, and I think sometimes uh, when, you know, when the word balance is thrown out there, it, you know, it gets, you know, put put in the view of it needs to be in a runner pass category. And, and, it, and that's not really true from, from our perspective. I mean, I think, when you're looking at balance, particularly in normal down a distance, you want to make sure your run blocking unit and the pass protection unit have some balance. So the point I'm making is if you, the RPOs, uh, you know, the run blocking unit is still coming off the ball. You know, they're still, you know, you're in, and I know they get categorized as throws because the ball is thrown to the perimeter. Uh, so that's really, you know, I think that the part that we pay attention to. Because we don't want to, you know, when you see, you know, the first thing you see is when you see a team that's thrown the ball 50 plus times, you go, I know I do, from an offensive perspective, you, it's, oh my God, my, you know, the tackles are on their heels the whole game, or, you know, the, the line is on their heels the whole game. But if, you know, 15 of those are RPOs, that's not necessarily true. So I, I think that's, um, when we talk about balance, that's what we're talking to. We're not just talking about this many runs or this many passes. Do you, do you care at all whether you, I mean, yards are yards, like you're saying, Kellen has said. Mm -hmm. Does it matter, or, or over the course of the game, is there something to be said for you still have to have that presence, otherwise you kind of go away from it, and then suddenly you're one-dimensional? I mean, well, it's not beating your head against the wall, but I mean. Yeah, no, I, I think you've answered the question. It's more about the threat and the activity up front. You know, I think, 
at the end of the day, we want the yards. Um, so, uh, but there are body blows, particularly when you're playing against you know certain defensive linemen or particularly pass rushers. Uh, you know, you don't want to be where your tackles you know vertical setting all day. So, I mean, you got to have the opportunity to to give different sets, jump sets. You know, obviously run game coming off the ball, different combinations. So uh, that that's where my our focus is. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's when you see the stats, it's oh my God, they're not running the ball enough, and, and I've heard that one time before. So uh, you know, I, so I I get it. But uh, you know, our goal is to make sure we're taking care of our front guys along with the production. Has Zeke ever expressed any frustration to you over that? No, he hasn't. Really hasn't. Um, you know, I know I say this all the time, but he's the same guy every day. I mean, he's in the quarterback meetings earlier, so. Uh, he's all football. Uh, he understands exactly the why of what we're doing. So um, he's uh, he's definitely on board. Did you think, Mike? Uh, and excuse me. Did you think in the game there were times where on the RPOs you could have run it a few times, where maybe you didn't, or were you pretty happy with the? No, I was happy with the decision making. I, I think, like anything, when you you know, there's always an extra element. That's why you throw the ball. So where is the element? Is it immediate threat? Um, is it is it uh, is it a depth? A, a, Threat from depth, so that's those are the things we really look at, and something I'm very particular on. Um, I think when you do have the extra hat, you know there's certain angles to the ball carrier that you got to you got to be in tune with. And, and at the end of the day, if you're going to leave a free hat for a runner, I've always preferred to leave the vertical one because the horizontal shot is a is a hit. It's a potential. You know, ball extraction opportunity for the defense. So that, all those things play in. That's why you know. That's why coaches uh, work the hours that they do, and and that's how we, you know, implement it. But at the end of the day, the quarterback uh, has to make that decision. And I thought Dak had a, a very good night last week in that in that area. Yeah, from a physical standpoint, is it? I, I hear what you're saying about yards and yards, but at the goal line, red zone, is that where you want to be better running the ball though, just so you can run in those because it's going to be. No, that's a good point. Every every year, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the red zone is, I mean, that's a different animal in itself. There's less space down there. You know, there's a, there's there's a there's a type and a style of run game that you have to have down there. You know, phone booth, common color, those types of things. But you know, when you do get the ball out on the perimeter, you know, like the one opportunity in the second level blocking is at a, is at a premium too. So that that's the benefit of of you know of the RPOs or the run you know run pass options. Um, the PRPs we call them. So we we have different types, and, and that's that's why it's important to, you know, once again, it's it's more responsibility for the quarterback, um, the line and the run blocking unit still, you know, coming off the ball. So, and there's obviously benefits that come off of that with the action pass. What was the coaching point for Blake on that play, the second level block? That block safety. Yeah. But specifically, technique wise, anything. <laughs> We're on to the Chargers. <laughs> If you don't move Zach Orton out to right tackle, mm -hmm. is there a consideration that having him at right guard really helps your center or solidify that offensive line? In other words, is that one of the considerations that you would perhaps not make that move? I mean, definitely. And also, you know, the right guard definitely helps who's playing right tackle, too. So I think at the end of the day, you know, Zach playing right guard is a huge benefit to us because, I mean, just because of the caliber of player. That he is, you know, as far as his ability to win a matchup, but also what he brings inside, you know, with the recognition and so forth. I mean, the guards and centers are are definitely trained the same. So there's, you know, there's calls. I mean, I mean, crowd noise. We're going to work it this week. I, I don't know how big of a factor it's going to be, but you know, those those things are 
something you really focus on uh, when you have a young center that uh, you know the guards can help. Does Dorrance play, replace Randy? Say it again. Does Dorrance yeah, replace Dorrance, Randy? Yeah, definitely. Dorrance will, will will take a lot of those reps. Understand that you uh, love the off season that Steele had on the field, training camp, uh, preseason. What did you see in him different and improve from what you saw here? I would say he improved in every area. I mean, he's uh, you know he came in here right away. You could see he established that you know his understanding was. Uh, he was definitely for a young guy was probably in front of the room you know, for, as for in and definitely my experience for young offensive linemen so he picked it up right away you know the thing you saw right in, in the conditioning part of it when you had the rookies is you know he you know he could run he could really move so we were excited about that but you know coming off his experience last year uh, he he just really needed to and committed to the weight room so he's a lot stronger um, so uh, and he does you know he does everything the same way every day and I was just came from the training room before I came in here, and you know Zach Martin comes in there and gets taped the same time every day, and Terrence Steele comes right after him the same time every day, and it was just and I was just talking to trainers about it, and you know because we're always in tune with the veterans, kind of helping the rookies, and, and I was just made the point to him. I said, you know, if I was a young offensive lineman, I'd follow Zach Martin around all day too. So I, so that's that's the kind of guy Terrence Terrence Steele is. One of the things that came up on the broadcast pregame was that Dak Prescott's getting an MRI every two weeks. What are you guys hoping to accomplish from that and, and see with that MRI? When's the last time you remember an injury requiring those bi-weekly tests? I think like any injury, when it involves a muscle strain or so forth, there's always follow-up to it. So I don't I don't think it's any more than that. Did he have one yet since? I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Joey Bosa has proven his ability to wreck offensive game plans throughout his career in watching tape. What stands out about his pass rush? Well, he's uh, has has a lot of length. Um, is that a fine? You guys fine? Okay, okay. Just noted. Um, he's in charge of the fines. Uh, <laughs> that's an issue. Um, I mean, really, when you when you watch him play, and I mean, obviously coming out as a as a high pick and just at Ohio State, you know he he's a very smooth uh, athlete, has excellent twitch, uh, a lot long levered, and I, I think you realize, uh, you know, because we haven't played these guys, and this is will be a new experience. This is what we refer to as an uncommon opponent, so uh, we spend a little more time on that in the team meetings and the early group meetings, you know, making sure uh, we really identify their their personnel, and 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 he was definitely at the you know top of the list, you know, for our offensive guys, so. Um, just an excellent player, has great understanding. Uh, they're moving around. They're a multiple uh, defensive front football team. So uh, we got to we got to be really good at you know locating him and knowing where he is at all times. When we talked to Dan Quinn on Monday, uh, he was talking about Justin Herbert, his ability. You know, eyes are always up, mm-hmm. move not to run but to throw the ball. Does that seem? Is he for a young player? That seems like it might be a very advanced thing. Very impressed with him. I mean, obviously, he was rookie of the year last year, um, but his ability to not only keep his eyes down the field, he has the athletic ability to, to make plays in and out of the pocket, uh, but he can make any throw at all quadrants. You know, and, and it's the perimeter group, too, is a, 
you know, they're very long levered. I mean, this is a, a very tall receiver group, um, and you'll, you'll see a lot of, you know, contested catches, uh, you know, the c catch radius on, on all their guys is, is, is significant. So, that, you know, that's what we're preparing for. Um, their yards after the catch will probably be one of the better teams that we compete against this year. So, you know, not, a, not only are they uncommon, but, you know, I, we feel like we have really good tape. We spent time on them in the offseason. Uh, but I, I've been impressed with their personnel. Are young quarterbacks better prepared to play these days than they were uh, 10, 15 years ago? I think it's, uh, uh, I'm not being critical. I think it's a very general question. I think, I think in what area? You know, I think um, they're better prepared to play more from the shotgun because they do it more. You know, I, you know, when I first got in the league, you know, quarterbacks were always under center. And then when you took them to the gun, it was a brand new experience. Now it's, you know, it's completely, completely flipped. I mean, here's, there's high draft picks that come into the league in today's game that, have never been in the huddle, you know. I've never called a play. Um, haven't had to utilize cadence, you know. But they, they, but they played their whole high school and college career from the gun. So, I would say the situational football, you know, as far as third down, um, you know, the RPO game definitely more advances because they they do it more. Uh, I think the younger quarterbacks have a really good understanding of it when they come into the league. Um, and I think it's apparent just, you know, just, just look at Sunday's games. If you, you know, as you watch around the leagues, you can see, you know, a lot of the um, schemes and that you see more in college or are in our game today than they were 10 years ago. I think he had, again, what, 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Mm -hmm. How impressive is that for a rookie going through the league the first time? Is that, is that unusual in and of itself? I think it's extremely impressive, and it's, it's really impressive for the way he plays. I mean, he's, you know, he's not checking the ball down all day. I mean, this guy's coming off his back foot, and he's ripping it. I mean, there's a lot of vertical throws. Um, you know, just a lot of 50-50 balls. I mean, that's why we're really focusing on the contested catch because of the, the size of the receiving group. You know, um, they're never they're never covered. You know, and, and when you play that aggressively and go 31-10, that's that's I think that's significant. And prepare for that catch radius in practice. How do you simulate that? Well, I'll just frankly, just compete. You know, we we have we have some long lever guys too. So I mean, it's 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 more of an emphasis, and uh, you just try to generate those types of throws um, in situations and in in, in in the competitive periods. How do you feel overall about the, your ability to, to pressure Brady in that opening game consistently over the course of the game? Where would you run? We could be better. Um, you know, I, I think our transition rush, and you know, and, and I know, you know, our. Defensive front, uh, they spent a little extra time this morning together. So, um, just to, to learn from that and, and make sure, you know, we're set on on this this next plan. You know, we, we this is a, it's an early season game, so you're gonna have a lot of unscouted looks. It's a new opponent. Uh, you know, they've come off of a, a really nice road win. You know, they're they're playing with a lot of confidence. So, we're looking forward to the to the challenge. We got a young left tackle Slater, Hollywood. What do you think of him coming out? I mean, obviously, he's left tackle and you know played played at a high level, and um, you know I think that I think the fact that they redid their whole their whole offensive line has, has been impressive. You know, you had you know Brian and Corey, two former players. You know, so I think the center the center and tackles that they're you know they're they're good players, they're guards, and you know some moving parts there. So, uh, but for just playing week one, you know we thought they did a really nice job. Mike, you talked about Joey Bosa and some of the personnel that he's on defense. When you look at Brandon Staley's defensive. How is it different than what you've seen for much of your time in the league? Um, 
Well, I mean, I see a lot of Vic Fangio in them, so, and, I, and I've competed a lot against Vic over the years. So, I mean, so there's a commonality there. But, you know, I think what you appreciate from Brandon, you know, is, is you look at any coordinator, when you, know, when you, when you look at coordinator's background, it, there's, you know, there's usually if he's a defensive back coach or, you know, if he's a defensive line coach, you, you can see starting points, emphasis, you know, where the thresholds of, where, you know, who, which, which, which part of the defense that they stress, the front end or the back end. Um, you know, Brandon, I think with his offensive background, you know, former quarterback, he looks at, he looks at the game, you know, from a quarterback's perspective. You know, the point I'm saying is, you see a lot in their disguise. You know, they, they hold their disguise, you know, a little longer. They're trying to, you know, the, the whole theme of you know making the quarterback play one second later. You know, and that, that's a common theme that you see, in, in defensive defenses that are high in scheme and high in disguise. And and he definitely has a heck of a system that presents that challenge. He had a couple of drops and he took ownership. Well, what's been his mindset this week? I think really, what was his mindset at the end of the game? I mean, I think he he did a really good job. You know turning the page uh, during the course of the game. And, and that's what I really appreciate about CD. Um, but no, he's he's the same guy every day. He's he's dialed in. How helpful do you feel it is when a coach has experience on the opposite side of the ball? So you mentioned with Brandon having been an offensive background. Mm -hmm. You see some coaches with a defensive background, but maybe their first year, their offensive quality control. What, what, what sort of impact is that? I think it's a great asset. I think it's, you know, should be part of every coach's background. You know, that's. I think um, coaches that go to quality control path, um, you know, even former players that come in quality control path, it, it's such a great experience. I mean, it, there's things that you do as a quality control, quality control coach, thought process, work ethic, um, have a complete understand the analytical approach to how everything's broken up. I think it's a huge benefit, and it's. I know, I look back in my days as a quality control coach, there's, there's still thought processes and things that I use from those from that experience. Mike, you talked about uncommon opponents, and Staley, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, you went against his defense last year with the Rams. So do you have to guard against, oh, well, we know this guy, here's what they do, when they go to a, a new team, their personnel and all that? So. Well, I mean, we're uh, no, to answer your question, I don't think we need to guard against that. Uh, this particular week, because you know, obviously he's coaching a different team. You know, he has different personnel. Uh, you know, how how is he utilizing Joey Bosa versus Aaron Donald? You know, sort of all the all those things are, are part of that. And I mean, Linfield Joseph, someone that have a lot in common with. You know, from his days in in, in Minnesota. So, you know, you know, how how is he utilizing? You know, Linfield is a you know is a shade and a one technique, and you know, so you'll see a squareness and a run emphasis in their multiple front and. and not only multiple fronts, but multiple defensive personnel. So, um, yeah, we're we're really focusing on, you know, how he's utilizing his current personnel, you know, schematically and uh, personnel utilization. You know, when, when they're you know when they're coming in and when they're not. You know, with with you know his three nickel nickel defensive personnel. So, we got to really make sure that our guys are dialed into to the recognition of who's in the game. Dan Quinn, like him to Justin Herbert, to Dak Prescott. Do you see similarities? And if so, what are they? Um, well, I, I'd say the number one that jumps out to me is the aggressiveness in the way they play. I mean, very decisive. Um, you know, it's it's definitely they can play both in the pocket and out of the pocket. You know, it's in you know extend plays, uh, make throws. You know, throughout. And, and frankly, they both play with with a lot of confidence. Thank you. Thank you.